You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. Hello and welcome back once again to the Area 52 podcast. Uh, we are back once again, uh, concluding our three-part uh, coverage, I guess, on the incident that took place in Las Vegas on yes. October 1st. Three parts. I mean, that I there hasn't been one since September 11th that we've done multiple such parts lengthy call you see the coincidence there yeah right <laughs> yeah. but see that's the thing is that as this as this has gone on it's kind of been hard to get away from it because as we keep bringing up um and not that there's been a lot of new developments there's been a few things in the news this past week some things that we need to sort through um but we've also most of the questions most of the things we've brought up where's the footage mm-hmm. of Stephen Paddock where's any single frame of video footage like of Stephen Paddock it can be mundane ever. shit like him getting in an elevator him eating dinner him you know picking up his valet receipt whatever it is there's not even a piece of mundane footage like it's, i'm not asking for like him shooting the gun that would be no, great I, yeah, but uh, yeah i mean and, and anything and i think that's that's the point is that you know when we're saying these things we're not asking for graphic footage we're not asking for you know any anything, I, any some any realness, one truly, thing. Realness it's been, to the it's situation. been twenty days, twenty days, so almost three weeks mm-hmm. since the uh, the horrific events. It was October first. October first, right? And still, not one. And and it's not like the law law enforcement or or the people in the media. It's not like other people don't know that people are like, "Hey, we don't believe this," right? You know, it's not like they just go, well, everybody believes it, right? Everybody's happy. That's That was it. Case closed. Official story all, 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 you know, tied up in a nice little bow. No, they understand that people don't buy this. And yet, not again, not a single frame of footage showing any incident has ever been released. You know, and this is something that conspiracy theorists circles cry uh, in regards to uh, other events, yep. you know, um, people, you know, certain conspiracy theorists believe, uh, have have cried foul that the the security footage from Sandy Hook mm-hmm. showing him even walking up to the school, breaking into the yep. window. Again, nobody and, wants and their to whole see. official story was that they actually just had new uh, security cameras installed and things like that. But one was under repair, which would have been the one that was very critical to uh, the footage of him walking into the school. So, I mean, just that kind of stuff. It's like, why can't we see again? And we the don't guy see the that you said no. walk into the place that right. you said he did and did this thing at. And I mean, nobody, that's all and nobody wants to see the murders. Nobody wants to see horrible, bloody, terrible stuff. All I hear is a dial tone. Do we got a call? We're trying to get again. We're trying to. Uh, Do we have a call? Yeah, we we um, Sasha has actually set up a guest for us, and that's kind of what we were. Oh, thank uh, what you, we were Sasha. On here. Um, what does he got for us? Well, Sasha, you want to tell us who, yeah, who you have you... for us today? Is she? Is she might be calling in? Right, we're we're hoping. Okay. Well, we're gonna try to work this out. All right. But we have. Um, Hang in there, baby. Brittany, uh, remind me her last name again. Sasha's working on trying to get this going. But remind me her last name again, Sasha. Brittany Johnson, who is a reporter for ABC4 News. Uh, Again, just a dial tone. When's the last time you heard a dial tone, though? It's it's kind of nostalgic, I'm going to say. Hello? Okay, it looks like we got our caller through. Now, Sasha, can you you explain to everybody who our guest is today? 
Yeah, this is Brittany Johnson from ABC4 Utah. She's the morning reporter. She's been a producer in news in Los Angeles and in Salt Lake City for, what, Brittany, six, seven years? Uh, eight years now. Ooh. Wow. Nice credentials. <laughs> and in Are my opinion, all? she's trustworthy. She works hard, and she uh, helps produce a no BS newsroom. So I like that. I find her credible and charming. And and she's also uh, a member of the Utah Podcast Network, correct? Yes, sir. Dropping dimes, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. The uh, great podcast. Everybody should who listens to us should subscribe to that as well. You should be subscribed to all the podcasts on the Utah Podcast Network. But from what I understand, Brittany, uh, not only are you you know have you covered so many uh, stories, but you are also covering the Vegas incident uh, for the first yeah. hundred hours. You kind of watched. The initial reaction, the initial story, everything kind of unfold with your own eyes. Yes, I did. It was uh, kind of crazy. It was just one day I'm out in the field, you know, shooting shooting uh, the story and gathering video and sound bites. And then the next day I'm just inside the newsroom making sure the web is updated and the content and helping producers. So I was just kind of all over the place all week. Now, and, and at any point with any of the questions that we ask you, we, we completely understand if there's something you don't want to answer. And, and in knowing the nature of our podcast, we have to ask some of the questions that I think, um, you know, maybe the mainstream media hasn't, hasn't been asked directly. But I'm curious, as a reporter, how much, how much of the official story uh, was being fed to you guys and how much leeway or... or you know, because I've seen interviews where reporters are talking to people who are talking about, oh, we saw a second shooter. We saw there were people shooting at us in the crowd and they just blow past it and go, well, the cops said that wasn't true. You know, how much of the official story, how much did it affect, you know, your reporting style on the event? Well, as everyone is starting to see, the storyline has been changing. The storyline was changing on a day to day basis. Um, and a lot of times, well, we were getting our information from Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo. Mm. So wow. he was, wow. yeah, so he was the one. Everyone has to remember that they always, during these events, they always designate someone to handle media. They always have one person that's going to um, answer questions for the mm-hmm. most part. And he was the one designated for the timeline of events. Um, and at the very beginning, he did say, this, these are the timeline of events, but things can change. And the reason he said that is because, like you are saying, things can change. Things did change. Um, I'm not going to sit here and point the finger at anyone because I don't know who is at fault. Sure. Um, all we can do as reporters is sit there and ask questions. And if something sounds kind of off, you start asking more questions. And then a lot of times you'll start to see the more questions you ask, either they don't know the answer or they can't tell you that answer. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of left with, you have to go with what they're telling you. Hmm. And and Brittany, I may be getting ahead of myself here, but I think it's kind of interesting that while a lot of the mass public likes immediate answers to things, and especially in times of tragedy, it does seem interesting that 
I mean, they within 12 hours of the of the incident, they were saying, you know, he was a lone gunman. He has no ties to international terrorism and things like that. And it's it's just so interesting when they can almost create a, a narrative and a story so quickly. And then you almost seem like you have to go back and and change things because because they just don't truly have the time to figure those things out. No, and that and that's right. Now everyone wants to be first. So you're sitting in a press conference and you're getting information, right? And somebody's telling you. Everyone nowadays, everyone's on their phones tweeting the information that they get. As soon as the person, as soon as the official is telling someone that the shooter did X, Y, Z at this time, you're going to tweet that because you want to be first. Yes, that's a great point you make. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. We tweet out the information first, but we don't sit there and we don't question it and we haven't yes our job is to ask questions but if a lot of times we're sitting there saying well this is the official this is the sheriff he why would he lie right right you know so you're not gonna nine times out of ten you're not gonna question an official of that of that nature of that you know of that stature and you're going to trust him and why would somebody give you false information or incorrect information during a mass shooting. Right. Why would anybody but, do that? <laughs> yeah, but as you said, but as you said, the timeline the timeline of events are going to change and that's just that's just the nature of the beast. That's just what happens and I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know if it's anyone's fault or if it's our fault for not asking the right questions. I don't know, but it's just now when you after time goes by and, you know, the timeline starts to change, then you sit there and you say, well, crap, six minutes went by. Now they're saying six minutes went by before, you know, um, any police showed up on scene to stop the shooting. Um, Then they're saying, you know, the security guard of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, um, he was shot after the shooter, um, shot every shot the people the concert goers right now they're saying he was shot before which should have stopped the whole thing yeah yeah it's those little things that you don't take the time to stop and think about and re-question when you're getting that information the first time do you think it's strange as a reporter as somebody who has seen breaking news happen and has seen footage being released to you very quickly for these events. Do you find it strange? And just in your personal opinion, and again, feel free not to answer anything we ask. I know that you work for a company and a station, and and I wouldn't want you to to say anything that you feel like incriminating yourself, but do you find it strange that there hasn't been a single frame of piece of footage, not one single image of Stephen Paddock in any casino, in an elevator, anywhere in Mandalay Bay, not a single frame of footage of this man walking through, carrying a suitcase, checking a car, at the desk, checking in. Nothing has been released to you guys. How does that, does that sit well with you that you, that despite this official story being handed out to you and Vegas being one of the most surveilled places on earth, that you haven't yet received a single piece of footage of this shooter? They won't give it to us. It's part Do they of say the it exists? As they say, you know, people ask. People ask, where is it? The people have asked. You saw, oh, cool. Where is that footage? Why isn't it being released? It's part of the investigation. We can't release it right now. It's going to but, hinder our investigation. But, we and, get answers like that. 
That makes how uh, how can they say that to you, given that they have already kind of eliminated ties to national terrorism and said that he was a, a lone and, gunman, right, and that so if they, there was if that's kind of case closed, he he committed suicide, and that's what it was. Yeah. Why? What part of what? I'm just wondering what they're hindering, and and maybe I'm naive to all this. And also, but. I mean, part of investigations, I've watched the news a bunch of times, and I wonder how that's like again how that sits with you when investigations are going on and people say, hey, we look, uh, somebody was shot last night at a 7-Eleven. Here's footage of the suspect. Here it is. It's it's readily, it's available, it's part of the... I mean, one image of Stephen Paddock in Mandalay Bay would shut up most people who don't buy that he wasn't the only gunman. One, You know, you one know even image, like I said, a mundane thing. Him eating dinner, him checking into... Taking a big bag yeah, up to his anything, room. Or just getting in an elevator. Something to right. prove that he was actually there. Because as far as we know, other than his dead body supposedly in his hotel suite, there's no proof that this man was there. That we are being shown anyhow. Right. No, and that that's the problem. And what it does suck on our end, for lack of a better word right now, because then you have people looking at reporters like, you guys aren't doing your job. Do you guys not care? Right. Why yeah. aren't you guys asking these certain questions? And the problem is, we do. But we're just told the same thing over and over again. We have compiled thousands of hours of footage, and we're going through things, and it's part of the investigation. The FBI uh, is doing all they can right now. No, what do they say? No leaf is going unturned or whatever that saying is. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, the, it's the typical answers that you get. And for the smaller things, for the Seven Eleven robberies, for – other things of that nature, we don't get footage right away. I waited for three hours the other day. I was told I was going to get surveillance footage for a story that I was on. And I waited for three hours and because they said I was going to get it. And then they said, you know what? Here's my card. Give me a call a little later. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Weird. So a lot of times people give you the runaround, and, and yeah. we wait. We, we keep asking. We keep waiting. And then you get the same answers, and then you can't keep hounding people because they won't talk to you. Right. Mm. Well, there's thank also, you for that insight. There's, there's yeah. also another trick that's going on, too, and this kind of happened after uh, the creation of Homeland Security, is if a sheriff department or a police department was giving a newsroom a problem, you could go to a judge and get a subpoena to see said tape or said document. But now, especially in these mass shootings, they all get cloaked under Homeland Security, so there's no subpoena power from these news organizations, and there's no way to litigate to make them show their hands. Mm. Because the Patriot Act made all the terrorist stuff untouchable, right? Let me ask you this, Brittany. And and, and I I think that this is something that a a lot of conspiracy theorists are throwing around, you know, the idea that there were multiple shootings um, at other hotels that Caesars Palace and Bellagio and Tropicana, all these places were on lockdown and that there were people posting that there were people shooting at the Aria nightclub. In your experience being down there, did you find any truth to any of this, or was this just all kind of the rumor mill spinning um, and and people just kind of, like you said, just tossing hearsay into the wind? To me, a lot of hearsay is going on because people are trying to find a narrative. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a timeline that's broken. You have sources that are supposed to be trusted sources 
that are now going back on their word that they first gave. And so people don't know what to believe. So then you just start hearing things that may sound good. You don't have an answer for, you know, question A. So then you're going to come up with your own answer. You're going to come up with your own idea. Or if somebody else is feeding you something, you say, hey, that that sounds good to me. The police aren't, you know, saying that. The police aren't giving me any answers. So a lot of things start coming up out of the blue. And then that brings in the whole a whole nother thing when you have fake news, fake news going on. Right. You have people right. who aren't even journalists and they're out there and they're just putting out information. So you don't know what's right, what's right and what's wrong. You yeah. have websites that look real now yeah. and they're putting, they're posting content. And I've always, I said from day one, the problem with this story, with this Las Vegas shooting is that there's no narrative police are still trying to piece together a puzzle. If you don't have, if you can't lock it in as a terrorist shooting, then what is it? Right. What went wrong? This was a seemingly perfect man. I went to, I went to his house. We were camped outside of his home. Yeah, we did. Everyone was camped outside of his home in Mesquite. And it's just, it's, you know, your typical retirement neighborhood, very quiet, you know, everyone there seems to be, you know, cookie cut, you know. Nothing, didn't nothing didn't they have to be over so a certain thousand. age to live there as well? Um, I don't know if they had to be a, over a certain age to live there, but it was all, it was like a retirement community. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And they, they did not like us there. That's another issue. Did any of the neighbors have, talk to you? Uh, yeah, some of the neighbors came out and cursed us out. Oh my God. Um, the neighbor next door had on a, had a sign on his property, "Get off my lawn." <laughs> uh, some, some people were just coming up, and they were just curious. Again, everyone is curious because you can't paint a narrative. Right. No one knows why this guy did what he did, so that's why all the stories are starting to come out. <laughs> So, Brittany, if you don't mind, I, I would like to ask you about the broken timeline, um, specifically re- referring to the security guard, uh, Jesus Campos, and and the idea that, you know, them saying that he was shot way after and then the story being changed to it being a full six minutes before and, or, excuse me, eight minutes before. And I and the the specific point to that is that the police said that it took them a while to pinpoint where he was and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, there's other reports of another security guard saying that he had heard the alarm, he knew that his other security guard had been shot, and so that the police would actually have known where it was taking place. And so people are kind of wondering, then then why did it take so long? I have no idea why it took so long, and I have no idea why they keep changing the story. We're just as curious as everyone else because we're not getting answers. Right. So, so as 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 a member of the media, I know you have to remain um, as unbiased as you can in your reporting. Does the story that you've been given sit well with you personally? Personally, no, because there's no answer. Yeah. We're not. You keep going back and forth on the information that you're giving us. And I, and I understand that this is a, a huge event that, that took place, right? And different things are going to come out. Um, but it's still, you thought, in my personal opinion, you thought that you could trust someone or some people 
and to me, you can't trust them. But those are the people that are giving you the information, and you can't get it from anyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have no choice. You kind of have to eat what you're served. Yeah, you have no choice. And that's why if I'm doing the story, I always say, police say, police tell us mm. that, or sheriff blah, blah, blah said this and that. Because I'm not putting my name behind that. I'm just telling you right. what I was told. Mm. And when we ask certain questions, a lot of times you, you see it every day. People, they go around your question and they, and they don't answer it. You can ask it two or three times. Sometimes you'll be asked to leave or sometimes wow. you'll just be ignored. Mm. Mm. That's gotta, so that that has to be very of, frustrating for you. It is frustrating. You just, it's kind of a fine line that you have to play. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think that people, you know, they, they lose track of the fact that um, reporters, you're out there, you know, 20 hours, you're not sleep. you're waiting for the answer, you're waiting for the story, and then when it's given to you, like you said, you have to say what you're given. You have to basically just, you know, like you said, uh, police have told us this. This is all we have at the time. And you're the mouthpiece for disappointment. And and I really I really feel like, you know, it's it's an unfair it's an unfair thing for us to kind of judge the media because like you said, you're being held at arm's length and only being able to say what somebody said to you. And and so I'm sorry that that's so frustrating. It sucks because it's just like we all know when you look at someone, you, you know when you're being lied to or you know when something doesn't add up. Yeah. Everyone everyone can tell when something doesn't add up. But as a reporter, like you said, you cannot. Nowhere in a report should your opinion be. If you want your opinion out there, go write an op-ed yeah. and don't be a reporter. So that's the thing that sucks. I may not believe Anything that somebody is telling me, but that, you know, I may have a different belief system of what somebody's saying, or I may feel in my heart that something is not true or something doesn't add up, but I can't say that. Right, right. Well, I have to go with the facts, and the facts are supposed to be what, you know, the trusted official is giving us so we can give to everyone else. Now, let me ask you this. Do, is there... Uh, maybe a tactic that they use because I mean the news cycle refreshes itself. We're now three weeks removed from this shooting. It's not on everybody's minds anymore. It's not all over everybody's Facebooks. It's not constantly in our memory. So, is there a is there a way that they can keep you at distance for so long that the story kind of dies down and everybody just goes, oh yeah, well they told us he did it, and then it just goes away. Is that is that something that they could maybe hope for, or are you guys just persistently keeping it? On, on their on your mind and in their faces. That's something that they can hope for, but I can tell you just from being there, that's not going to happen. And the reason why in Utah, I mean, we're so close to Vegas, but it, it didn't happen here. Right. So that's the reason why. Let me let me even back up. I was there. I got there Monday afternoon. Um, and this happened Sunday night. So I got there Monday afternoon and by four, five o'clock, um, they, they logged me the station I was with the eight news. Now it's a next star station out there. So it's our parent company. Um, they logged me into all their Facebook, their Twitter, all their social media sites. I was locked into their email, all of that, which no one else from my station that went to help was. 
So they wow. locked me into all of that. So at about 4 or 5 o'clock p.m., we started getting calls, and we started getting messages on all social media sites. When are you guys going to show something else? We're wow. tired of seeing this. Wow. When is my show going to come on? Whatever shows that were on CBS that night, people, are you going to get off of this? And this is just recycled information. Are you going to show Big Bang Theory? Are you going to show whatever? Wow. And so while a lot of people do want to stay updated and see what's going on, you still have people that are, oh, Ellen comes on. Why aren't they showing Ellen? Why aren't they showing XYZ show? Mm. We got tons of messages that day of, from people, tons of calls. Someone called and cursed me out. Why, why isn't the show on? I'm like, lady, I don't even live here. I'm just here out. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me transfer you to someone else. <laughs> so, so people are already, people were already over it that lived in Vegas. Wow. So what, what kind of advice did the general manager and news director of that CBS studio give to you and to their reporters and producers? There, there that is no advice. I mean, not to me. What that was the tone that me. they said? It was, it was get out there and do your job and get this information so we can figure out what the heck is going on and so we can let everyone know. It's let's get to the bottom of this. Let's not... Uh, the C, the CEO of, not the CEO, but one of the um, one of the corporate guys from Nexstar was there, and he was just like, I don't want the same old boring press conference, you know, updates. We need to dig into this. We need to find out more about this guy. We need to be here. We need to be there. We need to send crews everywhere. We need to find out. Anything and everything that we can, because you can't rely on someone else to do it. You need to do the digging yourself. So the mood in the newsroom was get your behind outside of this newsroom and get to work. Mm. Did they censor you at all? Was there anything that you weren't allowed to report on? No, we anything that we got, we reported on any. We have to obviously see if it was factual or if it checked out or anything like that. Because then, again, I'm getting messages from people, oh, my, uh, some such and such was shot and killed. And that person wasn't. And I'm like, why would people sit here and send us messages and a link to a GoFundMe page saying that their such and such was killed? And they're not. Hmm. So, it's so kind of trying to disgusting. capitalize on it? Yeah. People wow. Are wow. So that is crazy. You, yeah. So you have people out in the field trying to decipher things. And then you have people in the newsroom trying to go through and stay on top of social media and then different press releases that come in um, and all of that. And then you you are getting messages from people. So you have to decipher what's real and what's not yeah. before you put I have to tap someone through um the gentleman, I think he was on, he called into your podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, um, Mike. That week. Yeah, so I had, that was my job. Like, I I got the call, and I received a message. Like, I opened up his message, and I had to say, okay, is this guy, you know, telling the truth? Right. Or is this guy one of those that, hey, I was there, and he wasn't there at all? 
Right. So it's a lot of stuff you have to decipher are, through. Yeah. Well, it's it's like what happened yesterday. Yahoo on their front page put up a big story: Jesus Campos, Jesus, Jesus. Campos missing, uh, and and then. Uh, later on that day, Snopes debunked it and said he wasn't missing, said he'd left and he just wanted, didn't want to talk to the media, wanted to present it. Says he's recorded an interview for Ellen that will air uh, later, um, but that, that it was kind of almost like this jump on, like you said, we want to report it first. And that was one of the first times I'd seen a story that then got debunked by Snopes on a main page, like the, main, the top yeah. of Yahoo News. Did you guys get yeah. that same thing? I mean, were you guys reporting on that before it was debunked? No, no, <laughs> yeah. not our station. No, we did not. And that's a, that's the thing. Our station is a lot of times last on a lot of things, but we're trying to fact check. We're not just going to throw right. something out there just to throw it out there just because everybody else is talking about it. Right. The sensationalism of it all. Yeah. And do some research. Well, thanks for doing that. Said said it, you know, Denzel Washington on the red carpet. He was just like, nowadays everybody wants to be first, but nobody wants to be accurate. Hmm. Yeah. And that's all it is. You just hear something and then you want to spin something. Is he missing? Well, no, the dude is not missing. If right. he was missing, every it'd be on every freaking news channel. It'd be on every network. It, he's not missing, right? Because right. I don't, I still don't actually know what he looks like. And you would almost think that if he was missing, they would put out a picture like "keep a lookout for him" or <laughs> yeah, you know, everywhere. watch for this guy. Um, yeah, Brittany, I do have a question for you. That is, it's I'm, it's kind of, I don't know, it's very controversial. And again, feel free to say no if you if you don't feel comfortable. But um, to the extreme conspiracy theorists, uh, the ones who believe that it was 100 percent a false flag and that there were only crisis actors used. um, Can you verify the injuries and the actual uh, stuff that went on there in that nature, I guess? Verify injuries to whom? Uh, I mean, like, can you can you verify that people sustained these horrible injuries and that there was death and that, and then I'm saying for the extreme yeah, conspiracy there's some, theorists. There's some of these people out there who are thrown around that, that, that no one was hurt. It was all crisis actors. And, and that's, a, I mean, in my, in my opinion, it's a bunch so of, that's, that's why I wanted to ask that question. And again, it's, it's totally up to your discretion to answer or not. Yeah, no, no, people were shot and killed. Yeah. Um, I have, I have no affiliation. I, I'm, he's not related to me by blood. But one of the officers, he was an off-duty officer that was shot and killed. That is my my uncle's wife. That's somehow her cousin or something. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Know, like, no, I. what the thing is, no, people were shot and killed. And Absolutely. I'm only bringing that up as an example to say, yeah, people were really shot and killed. I don't know him, and I am not related to him by blood by any means. But that is one of my family members that's a family member on their side. Oh, I'm so, sorry, Brittany. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm fine. Like I said, I, I've never met the guy. I don't know. I didn't even know. And so my cousin called, and she was just like, oh, my God, you'll never believe, you know, the such and such. I can't even remember his name. That's how much I don't, I don't know him. Hmm. But I know that he is someone, a family member, part of the family. Wow. So and he was shot and killed. As we start to wrap up here with you, Brittany, I, I got a question that has more to do with you. You show up to work at three thirty, four in the morning, and someone at your boss says, hey, you're going to Las Vegas. You need to help us cover this mass shooting. 
and then you drive for five and a half, six hours. What were your feelings as you were driving out there? Like, and then what were your feelings just walking down the strip and, and just consuming more information about this mass shooting than almost anyone in the world possibly could have? I don't know how I felt. Like, there were a ton of emotions. It was just, okay, let me, at first I'm like, let me turn to the new, let me turn on the radio, let me see what I can, the information that I can gather as I'm driving. Because I'm driving myself, I can't read, I can't stay up on social media, whatever the case. I'm listening to the radio, trying to, trying to get all the facts. So then, like, you don't really have time. Like, it, I wasn't I wasn't sad. I wasn't crying. I wasn't, you know, upset. It was, let me do my job. Right. Let me get the facts so that when I get there, I can immediately start working in whatever area they need me to work. Wow. But as soon as I got off the freeway, I've been to Vegas plenty of times, um, and I've never, ever seen the strip that empty <laughs> my entire life no matter what time of day you go on the strip the strip the strip is packed right and as soon as i i pulled up on the strip it it kind of it just kicked in like i didn't i still wasn't you know like careful it, it just hit me like wow i've never seen the strip this empty i've never heard it this quiet this is devastating. This, wow. this is real. That is eerie. I've never. It was just, and I kind of, I kind of just sat there in my car for a second, and I was just like, "Is this real? Is this really happening?" Wow. And you kind of just sit there for a second, and then you snap back because you have a job to do. Yeah. And that is one thing that a lot of us talked about while we were there: is how do you feel? How do you feel right now? Especially for the people that I was working with, they live there. And they were just like, this is our home, but it hasn't kicked in because I'm working. Hmm. I don't have any emotions right now because I haven't had time to have any emotions. Hmm. So a lot of people, even a couple of days later, I was there all week. I didn't leave until Friday. Um, people were still saying on Friday, it still hasn't kicked in. Because you're busy working, you're busy trying to get the facts and trying to report them to people. And people were there, some people hadn't even slept. Mm. So it's just you really don't have the time to mentally process things at that moment. But now that I, you know, I look back on it, it's still kind of just like I can't believe that happened and I can't believe I was there. And just to talk to some of the people that were that were there at the concert. I interviewed one right before I left, I interviewed a lady um who came back to the area um to lay flowers at one of, at the memorial. She came with her son and I just happened to run into her and I was talking to her and she just broke out in tears. And that's when it kind of sunk in for me. You know, this woman is opening up her heart to me. This woman was, uh, she was in the middle of, you know, she was at the concert and she didn't get shot. And she said uh, a police officer just threw her in the back of the car and just took off her and some other people wow. and tried to, you know, get them out of the way. 
and she's explaining to me everything that happened and how she was just, she knew she wasn't, she couldn't, she said she could not, she had to do everything she could to get out of there to get back to her son because that's all she had. <laughs> so it's just, you know, she just opening up to me and she just saying, you know, this is my home. And somebody tried to come and take our American dream away from us. Those are her words. He tried to take our American dream, but he will not take it. And he did not take it. Wow. And wow. So it's just when you're there and you have, you're talking to different people and they're opening up. It's real. Yeah. You know, so for conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, you know, the, the timeline may be shifted and the timeline may be wrong or questionable. I don't know if there was more than one shooter, you know? Right. I don't know. But I, I do know that people were hurt that night. Absolutely. That. And that's what I and think I we should know, yeah. we should take from this is that that no matter what the questions we are we have that uh this should and, and, and in any of these cases, you know, a lot of people say that we we should we shouldn't say the shooter's name over and over again. It shouldn't be. They shouldn't turn them into celebrities. Um, we should make this about the victims, the people who lost their lives. But we do want to know who did it. But we do want to know who we did do. it. So it's our yeah. it's our curiosity yeah. versus our sympathy at all times. Yes. Um, thank but, you for the work that you do, Brittany. Yeah, honestly, Truly, it, thank I, you. it can't be easy. And and it can't be easy staying up. I know that you get up super super early to go in and and do your job. So I we really appreciate you staying up. Uh, to talk to us and to call in, and, and it's just awesome. So, uh, again, please subscribe to Drop in Dimes on iTunes, Stitch, or Google Play, all the places you can find us. It's a, it's a fantastic podcast, and, and, Brittany, we just really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know I what? You're, of- you're welcome anytime. Always welcome. Anytime truly. you want to come on talk, we're here for you. We, we, we'd love to have you, you in studio and talk to you. So thanks you so much. Get some sleep, and uh, hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Right. Talk to you soon, Britt. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. What a, wow, what a, what I, a fascinating perspective. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, just a, just a, a crazy, crazy perspective on this whole thing, being there. In the silence of the aftermath mm-hmm. and having to not be there as a spectator, mm-hmm. having to be there as a non, like as an, a non, yes, bo- bo- you know, a, a neutral voice. A, yeah. Yeah. And for a, the, for you the, have to remain completely object, you know, mm-hmm. subject, like she said, know. she has her own opinions, but her job is to just tell you what, you know, they say, tell yeah, them <laughs> as with, you know what, probably as with the police. Probably as with a lot of people, the coroners who say, yep. you know, I have my opinions, but. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the interesting thing that she brought up, and I didn't want to start going on it because she couldn't answer it about it, but their police contact was the sheriff. Yeah. His contact is the governor. The governor's contact is the president of the United States. So, I mean, wow. they are not giving any leeway. Look at that chain of command yeah. right yeah. there. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and and again, like we brought up in in with Brittany, there you know there has been some stories this week that have kind of spread, a couple things that have been debunked. the The story that that Jesus Campos went missing while waiting to do an interview. They say you know he was in a room. They came back and he was just gone. And they said he had gone to Instacare, and then they called the Instacare and he hadn't. The whole thing is not that he was missing. I guess it's that he he really just. Wants to live his life, and I—I I mean, it's uh, th- their kind of explanation was that this guy, you know, he—he—he uh, he, he wanted to do this on his own terms. Um, now, I don't know. Not to say that this is Fisher's story, I, you know. I, I know that a lot of people, every time there's kind of something out there, people go to places like Snopes or whatever to kind of find out if these things are debunked. 
And a lot of times these things have been debunked. Now, does that mean that that Snopes is always right? I don't know. I mean, then then you're saying, you know, we trust them over, you know, not trusting these guys and not trusting these guys. So to me, I don't know. Um, you know, they could have had something happen and he he could have just changed his mind. They They said a story and it got turned, you know. I'm so excited to hear what he has to say because, I mean, there needs to be those critical eight minutes need to be talked about. Right. And I want to hear it from the dude that is the center of the controversy. Right. And they said he did Jesus. an interview with Ellen. That, and I, that's what I'm saying. I'm very to excited to hear that because as of right now, I want some insight from him as to say he got shot. I want, you know, like they said, Stephen Paddock fired 200 rounds into the hallway at the student. He only got shot once in the leg. Right. Now... I, I just want some answers as right. to why, if that's the case, and the other guy that I mentioned, and I, I his name slipped me, I said it on the last podcast, of the second security guard who called in and said that there was an alarm going off. Right. So there's already two reports that the police should have known exactly where this was at. Right. Now, th- you brought up something, and didn't you say that, like... Uh, who is it that owns the 29th or the 33rd uh, floor of the... There was the... somebody who had said, and it, again, this could have been a rumor that the Saudi Arabian... I just Arabian, like to bring up all the stuff the that Saudi there is. The Saudi Arabian government owns yes. the 33rd floor of Mandalay Bay. I don't yeah. know if there's any truth to that. Um, right. But like I, I said, I just like to bring everything around. to light. Also, and this is another thing that, that went around this week that was completely false. So if you've heard this, it's fake. Uh, there, was, there was this whole story going around that prior to working at Mandalay Bay... Uh, Jesus Campos had worked at the Clinton Foundation in Vegas, which is not, not true <laughs> because there is no Clinton Foundation in Vegas. He has no ties to the Clinton Foundation. I didn't hear that. That was a funny. complete like just. Oh, they're just made like up. putting every. <laughs> there's there's another good one going around too. What's with, that? With the Ellen Show, it's an ABC show. It's owned by Disney. Disney owns the Mandalay Bay, and so that the only reason why Jesus Campos did Ellen is, is giving the report is to ABC is because they own. Him contractually. Oh, uh-huh. so now I don't direct. think that's crazy. Actually, yeah, that's crazy. that seems that like what the world is. That sounds like, <laughs> so, where, yeah, just yeah. how it would go. Uh, thank you for that, Sasha. That's that's uh, some scary and terrifying insight. <laughs> um, we actually have another caller that's going to be calling in today, uh, any second now. Uh, a man named Sean, who is one half of the Geek cast. He is a self-proclaimed nerd and sci-fi junkie. Um, we've gone back and forth on Twitter. We've talked about, he's, chi- he's listens to the podcast. He's chimed in on many subjects. Um, but he has a very interesting perspective on Vegas because, um, while completely believing that this is 100% not what we're being told, he actually works for the Reno Police Department as a detective. Wow. So he is not only a podcaster mm. and a geek and a and a you know and a dude who can who can talk about movies and sci-fi and all sorts of crazy stuff. He's also a police officer who can look at this from a, a that perspective and not only tell us you know what he agrees with and doesn't agree with, but the reasons why the police are doing the things they're doing, oh. the phrasing they're using. So when yes. they say things like um you know, the alleged suicide. That's, apparent that's suicide. the one I really want to get to the right, bottom that's, of. That's cop lingo. You know, you have to say things like that. Well, like that alleged- shit bothers me. Like I said, either he did or he didn't. Either you shot him or he shot himself. Sure. Apparently he was the only dude in his room. So unless it was a ghost and then we go with this, let's really get weird with this. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I think, that it, I think that, you know, from his perspective, you know, the ideas yeah. of things being part of open investigation. So I'm so. excited to get some insight on that. 
he will be calling in just any second here. So we'll go ahead and put him on. So as soon as he, the, the phone lines up, we'll uh, we'll buzz him in. But it's been very interesting. Do we have time to play that clip that well, was... I, you know what? We can play it with Sean. Okay, oh, cool. you know what? He might be here. Is that him cool. right there? Sean? Hey, there's Sean right here, right on. And hey, this Sean. Is, this is Marcus, Danny here, uh, and and our producer Sasha. So, dude, thanks for calling in. I'm really excited to uh, to finally actually talk to you, uh, rather than just you know messaging on Twitter like a couple of twelve year old girls. Yeah, no so cute. Have me on. I'm sure I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm glad, you. I'm glad you you. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Now, I, I kind of was setting you up uh, prior to this, telling everybody about yourself. But but give me a give me a kind of the. You know, give everybody uh, the intro to Sean. <laughs> okay, well, not too exciting, but uh, you know, I'll just kind of use my first name. I don't like my, uh, my ID there, so to speak. But uh, I've been employed by the sheriff's office here in, in my state of Nevada for the last 13 years. I'm currently a detective. So <clears throat> and, uh, I kind of have a sneaky sight because I'm a false side believer, but I'm also kind of, you know, I can see the top side of it as well. Let me let me ask you what what right. as a as somebody who works with law enforcement when you see a case like this unfolding when you see something that appears to stink I guess for lack of a better term how how do you balance the and I guess as a as a police department how would the police I mean you know the the you you would you would assume that as a as a policeman your your main focus is to get in there and solve the crime. That's what we're here right. to do. We're here to look, walk into this room and solve the crime. And then you right. start seeing that this thing starts kind of not necessarily playing out the way that you, um, as a, as a viewer, would sue. So as as that, do you look at that and go, well, why is that police department handling it like this? Or do you have an idea as to why the Las Vegas police department is playing their cards so close to their chest and hasn't released any footage and hasn't done anything. I mean, that would shut a lot of us up if they just released five seconds of him carrying a, a giant suitcase into, through the lobby and into an elevator. Right. And I oftentimes, you know, we will keep our cards close to the vest and it's because we don't want, I guess if we see something like this, possibly more than one person involved in this, we don't want that, that person know that we know because that guy would be possibly on the run. Or, you know, it's something like, you know, give away information or it's also a good way to weed out, you know, people who just saw it on TV or saw it on the news versus those who are actually there. Yeah. Know, basically, um, if there's a, you know, say there's a murder and you don't say, you know, where's the kill, how they were killed. So only the murderer and the police know what happened. Someone else comes through with, uh, with with details that weren't released, and that's kind of a way to vet out the, uh, the oh, I saw the whole thing, you know, like, I guess the false witnesses. Right. And also, I mean, especially with all the, the social media, the media that was there, you know, paparazzi, you know, for the concert, whatever, I mean, it's like information overload. Let me ask you a quick question. Is, is that where, and I kind of had a, I don't know, a little bit of a, question about where some of like the very professional looking shots came from of the tragedy i mean the things that like that the news is showing that very much tugs at your heartstrings they weren't grainy cell phone pictures or blurry they're very like they're very you know for lack of a better term beautiful beautiful shots shots. so is was that from the paparazzi that were present you know i don't know but what i'm seeing those as well i mean 
I, I didn't even catch on to that until you mentioned it. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, those words like like professional. They are, right? And and I'm wondering who in this time of tragedy would be stopping to get this amazing shot that is undoubtedly, you know, um, it does it does its job though. I, it, they're very eye catching. They're very they tell the story within the picture, and so I just kind of was wondering, like, who's getting those shots? Yeah, I mean, you know, personally from the uh, the conspiracy, you know, tinfoil hat, you know, part of my brain, I'm kind of thinking that that is just one of the ones that they may set up afterwards. You know, they, they they took those shots and put out there, you know, for the you know fields for fry shots, you know, because you had the. Uh, you know, the planes crashing the towers, you know, mm-hmm. right place, right time. Here they have, you know, a professional photographer, right place, right time. Not one for their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, not dodging the bullets, but they have to, you know, frame the perfect, get the light perfect, and get this, this, those amazing shots. And that's one of the things that really kind of, you know, struck a, an odd chord with me as well. But that's, yeah. that's a photojournalist's job if, in fact, he, she, or other were a photojournalist. In Vietnam, the reason why we got those beautiful images or in Iraq is because the photojournalist wasn't afraid of being shelled or a bullet or right. dying. Well, and and yeah. I but I but I would say that there's probably a difference between a uh, photojournalist in a war-torn area and a photojournalist that's documenting a Jason Aldean concert. I mean, I know a lot of people who take exactly. pictures out at USANA who, you and know, who might concerts, not want to, you know, put themselves at risk yeah. for a Jason Aldean yeah, concert. I don't, know. I, I don't know. Like to me it was just that I mean, these are literally shots of the, like people running, holding hands. That one is very you know, iconic that you've seen. There's like the 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 guy that they say is a returned soldier um, who's covering. You know, he, he's, he's using woman. yeah, using himself as like a human shield. And I mean, so these are very much impactful shots. And, it was almost. And, it's interesting that somebody in that like in that moment was like, I need to stop and capture this rather than rather that's than what leave. I'm saying. Right? Who it's crazy. got those shots? Yeah, that, I don't know. It's I, very. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, when, as you know, as somebody who is involved in law enforcement, you know, there is and, and I want to play this clip and I'd like to play it with you on the phone. There is a clip that's been going around and it's uh, during one of the press conferences that was her- held by Sheriff Joe Lombardo and the FBI. A reporter asked uh, a basic straightforward question about whether or not a car had been staged for the shooter to escape, meaning that he had not intended to die and he was intending to get away. And if you listen carefully when this happens, you can almost right underneath it, and then they kind you of hear enhance it. Off camera, like even like in an earpiece or somewhere, a hot mic picks up somebody going, "Don't, don't go, go there, don't go there," to this cop. Like in his, and then he deflects the question. Um, let me play this real quick, and I'll get your opinion on this. Here we go. Uh, uh, Aaron Rouse, opportunity to talk about Mary Lou. He may not have anything for you, okay, but I think it's fair for you to ask him. And then I would like to get to Senator Heller. And Commissioner Sislak. Right here. Now they're going to replay this with an enhanced list. Senator Heller and Commissioner Sislak. And then here, once more, they play it even quieter. So you hear somebody, you know, saying, don't go there. Uh, And then the sheriff deflects the question. Now, obviously, there's, you know, when when there's a when there is a press conference like that going on, are there people behind the scenes that are dictating what is answered and what is not? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Definitely in a high profile case like this, probably got uh, some degree 
Homeland Security, but definitely the FBI is involved. And the ATF, and the, once the feds get involved, it, it's very, very, very much, uh, you know, puppet strings. Like, you know, the, the sheriff is going to be the, you know, the face is talking to the press, but what he's saying and what he's allowed to release will definitely be uh, censored. Wow. And, and, and you've... You've seen this happen. I mean, I mean, obviously, clearly, like you know, you can't, like you said, you can't give out all the information. But the FBI can be behind the scenes, literally pulling the strings, to, uh, telling them what to and and not to answer. Yeah, I mean, I personally, you know, because I I work in a rural county, so we don't have you know the uh, the uh, you know the population. We don't have the you know the high I guess high profile cases like this. But whenever we do have a you know a homicide or a, you know you know, a major crime, what is released, it, typically it's not a press conference, but um, we'll release, you know, press releases. Mm. And what goes into that is definitely gone over the fine tooth comb, you know, by everyone involved from the, from the sheriff down to the patrol deputies, make sure that, you know, what's being put out there is what, just what they want put out there. Now, let me, let me ask you this, um, just in your personal opinion, as somebody who, uh, you know, kind of has professional training and, and professional instincts towards this. What is your personal take on this event? I mean, do you buy what the Las Vegas police is giving us or do you, um, I mean, does this, does this bother you too? Oh, absolutely. There, there's no way that what we're being told now is what actually happened. I mean, there's, there's, there's too many people. There's too much evidence of being multiple shooters. Or just to be the one guy on their second floor. Really? What? Well, I, mean, well, it, it, I you... and, and Sean, we're just kind of we're it's it's exciting for you to say that because there's no one that is actually saying that from you know an official standpoint, from a professional mm-hmm. standpoint. There's no one really saying that or pushing that narrative. So I mean, I don't want to say that it's exciting to hear that, but it's almost validating. So now let me what, explain you, to me if what you can you, elaborate yeah, on yeah, that. Elaborate would you? Again, I'm not affiliated with the Las Vegas sure. department whatsoever. I mean, I'm in Nevada, but different part. But uh, I'm sure. And what was the question again? Just you know, you know, kind of elaborate on if you can. And I know that again, don't feel free to use your discretion on answering any of these questions that you don't feel comfortable answering or might put you in hot water. But if you can elaborate on the idea of you know what what evidence suggests that there are multiple shooters and things like that, because like I said, that is. That is one part of the narrative that so many people, civilians, truly believe, but we're not getting a um, support for that narrative from an official standpoint or from a professional standpoint. So like I said, it's very validating to hear you say that. So if you wouldn't mind elaborating a little on the evidence supporting oh, sure. multiple shooters. No, I mean, you know, I'm an American first. I, you know, I work in law enforcement. That, that, that's my job, but I'm an American first. And one thing that I grew up you know, being told was, you know, don't trust my government. You know, because what if they're telling it to you, it's probably going to be a little funny. And in, I mean, I, I think probably most compelling for me was the uh, the, the cab driver. Yes. Know, the recording. I mean, and you know, I I, I work in uh, you know in law enforcement, so I, I kind of you know kind of you know sit back and dissect things a little more. I think I don't just jump on the first thing I hear and go with that. But I mean, just from a you know. Logic standpoint. I mean, you hear close gunshots, you hear far, far gunshots, you hear yep. overlapping gunfire. Now, I also heard that it was possibly a helicopter, but the helicopter would be, you know, for me, if I heard a helicopter flying overhead, it'd be constant. It wouldn't go and stop, go and stop, go yep. and stop. 
Hmm. That so, is. I mean, so and and that that's coming and and I I I believe we can validate what you're saying by the fact that you're familiar with various types of gunfire. You've fired automatic weapons. You've fired pistols. You've fired different things. And you can, you can with your trained, educated ears, hear different guns firing in those videos. Oh, sure. And I'm also a musician, so I mean, my ears kind of tuned that way as well. So, I mean, just from multiple standpoints, it, it, you know, not a technical, it's fucking bananas is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I am with you, Sean. It would take it would take a miracle to convince me otherwise that that was not that was only one gun. Yeah, yeah. You oh, can God, hear it I mean, stopping and starting, and, and I mean a dumbing and... down of my senses. Truly, like I mean it. Right. it it's so the taxi driver video. If you guys have not seen this one that Sean is talking about, it is one of the most compelling ones as far as uh, the convincing evidence of there being multiple gunshots uh, and overlapping gunfire. So yeah, not to I mean we we tweeted that out as well as the video uh, showing the beginning of the shooting that seems to so- to show three individual shots almost sounding more handgunny than uh, than than just the distance. Rifle. You yeah. hear the distance, the difference in the distance. Yeah, they wouldn't of where be that loud from right. from a from a, a hotel right. that's thousands and thousands of yards away. Um, now and and and. You know, there is a difference between overlapping gunfire and echoes as well. I mean, it's 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 silly. Um, what about what about all of the 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 fact that and, and again, you know, we've we've kind of talked about about these things before with these ongoing investigations. But when when the police are saying that they have thousands of hours of video, they're compiling all of this. I mean, we're three weeks out. I don't know how long it takes. I really don't. I know that. You know, as a as a civilian, as a skeptic who watches the news, that's all I have. But I know that you know, within a few hours of of a murder at a at a convenience store, they can go back and pinpoint the time and release some footage. I've seen shows on television based clearly on CCTV footage. I know that it doesn't necessarily take a, a or maybe it does. Maybe it takes a long time to go back and find all of this footage. But I mean, if there's all of these cameras throughout Mandalay Bay, including cameras in the hall, in the elevators, they can pinpoint. He, he you know, the look. We can show that the tray that had the camera on it was not here uh-huh. at four, but it was there at six. So sometime between four and six, he opened the door and put it there. I mean, if if this guy's dead. And he's the only shooter, and that's Which, the official and that's, story. And that's the thing is that that is the official story. That's what we're being is told. There was being no evidence of no a second shooter. No ties to national terrorism. No other person involved. Then why is it that this investigation is still so closed when all they have to do is go, here's the guy, here's the footage of him. And any other footage, any other things would would then say, well, look, we have evidence of multiple shooters. So, it, you know, it, it really doesn't make sense as to why this investigation needs to be so close to the chest with, like you said, unless there are other people involved, and th- and and I think they probably would have released it had there been only one shooter. I, I think that there are probably more shooters. And if they say, uh, yeah, we got one, but there's five more, that would just you know start you know chaos. Right. Yeah. So so you think that maybe the one story, the official story, the one shooter, the lone gunman. We're being told they're sticking to that because of the fact that they do know. And if that's the case, then would they? I mean, they're do- are they doing it to almost protect themselves? Like you mentioned before, Sean, um, you know, like you said, if, if they know that there is another shooter or more than one other shooter, they don't want them to know that they know. So, 
Um, is so, it like that we're going to stick with this to protect ourselves? Until we apprehend until them. And then it's like, oh, by the way, there was four other shooters. We just didn't tell you guys. Right. So will it break? Or, I mean, too. or are they doing it because it, it fits an agenda that is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily tie into their agenda if it is an act of terrorism versus, uh, you know, if we go on the conspiracy of, of gun control. I mean, if like I said, we, we kind of cover every conspiracy on this podcast. So I know I'm following that Oh, you're the best, Sean. Thank you. But yeah, so you know what I mean. We we have to bring up all everything from every nook and cranny. So 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 what what happens to the Las Vegas Police Department? Let's say if that's the case, they're sticking to this. It's a lone gunman. It's a single shooter. Oh wait, sorry, it was four shooters. We just couldn't tell you that. And can that be a possibility? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, it can be a possibility. I mean, if if they can, uh, as long as the public. Is not you know, you know, in jeopardy. You know, there's people you know, lone, you know, there's rogue gunmen running around Vegas right now that, that that we don't know what they are. But if the actual threat of the public is basically subsided, you know, the shooting stop, and then the, the other shooters that were out there, two, four, five, six, whatever there is, if they're tailing them, they don't want to you know, let's say tip their hand, okay, we we know this guy, this is who we're looking for. Hmm. Okay. Or, you know, they might just have a photograph or you know a video footage. They don't have an ID yet, but they're working on it. They, they don't want to spook anybody, right? Because if one maybe on the run or worst scenario, he gets pulled over for taillight and he opens fire on police or was firing in the crowd, you know, around the traffic stop. Who knows? So I mean, there could be a logical, legitimate reason why they're not releasing the footage. Okay. The only one that makes sense to me is that they have evidence of additional shooters oh. that they don't want to put out there yet. Wow. You know, and it, a lot of the stuff that uh, that is out there points to there being someone with Stephen Paddock. You know, they're saying that a lot of the room service receipts are he has ordered food for two. On the top it says guests and it says two. You know, and then there's times where they're saying that his car is checked out, but his room key was used. I mean, there is so much evidence to suggest that there was more than one person in that room with him. So absolutely, I mean, and if he is you know the, the face of this crime, I mean, kind of like because we play you know the what if game. Okay, what if I was going to pull this crime off? What you know, what what if I want to get you know thirty five thousand rifles, whatever it's up to now, into the hotel room, not anyone actually <laughs> looking at me. You know, I'll go downstairs, I'll be with my buddy, give him my room key, I'll check my car out, I'll be gone. He goes upstairs with, with his double bag and puts guns in my room, you know, over and over and over again until they're all there. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean that his room key is being used by him. Right. That's true. Well, I just mean like it, it. they're saying that if the car is gone, there's no way that he could have been checking into his hotel room if he was there alone because he can't right. be in two places at once. So right. I'm just saying that it is suggesting that someone at least knew who Stephen Paddock was and was in cahoots with him, I guess you could say. And even if he was just sharing a hotel room with him, he still wasn't alone, which is what the official narrative is. And, and that's all I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, um, recently we were working the, the triple homicide. I mean, rural county, we were still working triple homicide. I mean, we knew how the per- how the three people get, were, were killed. We knew within like, within six hours of the actual reporting of the crime, we had like within ninety nine percent certainty of who the suspect was. Wow. We waited. We waited until we found him and got him in custody before, before we released exactly who was involved and how 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 they were killed. Wow. We were, we, we were getting flack. Like, how do you have a female murdered and have no idea how they died? You know, so, I mean, we just sat back and we, we, we kept quiet because we didn't want to tip the hand. We're saying that there's multiple people involved. There's only one guy. That's to not spook the guy. 
until we got him into custody, and then the whole story came out. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think once, or if ever, the, uh, um, the, other, other, the ones involved are you know, apprehended, I think at that point in time, we can hopefully we'll get the, uh, the rest of the story. And and can police just literally hide behind an ongoing event? Like, let's say, let's say it's next March. It's been almost six months since this investigation, and we still haven't seen footage one. We still haven't seen image one. I mean, we're only three weeks out. I understand that it's still fresh. Now, I mean, one little frame of footage of Stephen Paddock probably couldn't hurt, but I understand it. I'll, I get that. But say we're another three or four months down the road, then then how do how are we the public supposed to react to that? Like how long how long is this supposed you know before we all go? Come on. It depends on who's pulling the puppet strings. I mean, if it's the FBI saying that you want you won't say anything, they're not going to say anything. I mean, it could go you know thirty forty years. It might be the next year. Oh my gosh! Wow, it does. This crime so much resembles the JFK uh, assassination. Is that is that what you just said, Sean? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, high, it, high, it, is, high, it is such a, you know, we got the guy and that's it. Shooter, no questions they asked. Had it He's done. done. He's here's dead. the gun. Here's the thing. Here's the here's the bullet casings yeah. laying on the ground. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, what do you think, um, having been, and and by the way, I, I, I we've talked about this before on the podcast. I, I don't know how you see three people dead and just go back and sleep that night. And I mean, it's, it's commendable that people like you can, can witness those things for the rest of us. But you've probably at this point seen the, for the photo of Steven Paddock dead. Yeah. Um, there are the questions and there are people who say, well, it doesn't make sense. Look at the dark blood that's soaked into the carpet versus this fresh blood next to his head. Look at the bullet casings that are sitting on top of the blood that don't seem to have his blood splattered on them. Um, can you, as somebody who's been to a crime scene, say, yes, you know, these things can happen? I mean, in your opinion, does it look real? To me, it looks yeah, that, kind of CGI. I just want to know, does it look real to you? It, it does look real. It does look real. Or I, I don't want to go ahead and let it say, yeah, it is real. But right. it, it, is, it is convincing. It, it is consistent with someone, you know, you know, taking their own life. Okay. Um, okay. And, and can you, can you, um, can you explain times, the yeah, uh, soaked in carpet? And the, the the fresh blood and the I mean that's something that happens with bodies. Things aren't always as black as white as 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 the as citizens believe they are. Yeah. Well, first we don't know how long after the fact the photos were taken. All right. Because they'll they'll lock down a hotel room. It could be you know six seven hours later for that and actually do the coroner investigation on the body. And you know the the will you know it will um, coagulate. It will turn dark. And then if they move the body over, you know, if it was holes from the bullets, you have you know, fresher blood with a lot of top of that. And I said, that's not, basically, there's no obvious red flags for me looking at the photo of Paddock dead on the floor. And um, it, you know, it can be something as simple as the blood float around the showcasings on top, that float around it, but it wasn't deep enough to cover it. That's you know what that's a that's a that's a fascinating perspective. I mean, you know, it's not all of us have been able to look down on an actual dead body with our own eyes and been able to 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 take that in and and adjust and and then have to evaluate that, break it down and understand it. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate your opinion on that. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what it is, but that is that's sure. one possibility. Wow. I'm I'm not going to try and condone or condemn the police for what they did or didn't do or at least how they released how they handled the scenes and get out of there. But there's nothing about that photo in and of itself for me that goes, you know, that, that you know, screams foul. Mm. 
<clears throat> okay. Well, um, man. So, yeah. I guess. I guess that. So, what do we do as as citizens? We do we just literally sit back and 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 just wait? I mean, because we can't really. I mean, there's there's really not much else we can do, right? Well, you know, as citizens, we need to keep questioning. We need to keep pushing. We need to keep, you know, you know, if they if they give us, you know, one thing, question that, and get two more questions. The thing is, you know, once we stop and accept it, that's when they win. Right. I mean, we need to always question, always question, always question. Wow. I mean, I don't think there's anything we can really do as, as citizens. I think to actually, you know, pressure the police or the FBI, Homeland Security, ATF, what have you, to release anything. I mean, minus the uh, Excuse me. You know, a FOIA request, but again, it was ongoing investigation. They won't release any of that stuff. Wow. Well, you know what, Sean? I really appreciate you calling in, man. Um, Dan, did you have something else? I just else? had one more question for you, Sean. What, what, in your professional opinion, can we make of this this changed timeline? And I, I'm specifically speaking about the security guard, Jesus Campos, and those critical eight minutes where, if you know, the police said that they just didn't know where it was taking place and they couldn't pinpoint this shooter's location. And now if the the timeline has changed that he was shot, you know, a whole eight minutes before the shooting even happened, what what can the police really fall back on as their excuse as to why they didn't know where it was? It's basically a delicate balance between trying to keep the public abreast of what's happening and what is the point versus you know, the information they receive at the time or information that they, they get later that contradicts that. I mean, it's, I, I really can't offer a you know, professional, quality professional opinion on why they, why they said that other than it's just information that came in that got, you know, or intelligence came in that they kind of just, you know, hmm. misappropriated, I guess. Wow. Fascinating. Because I said, you know, the homicide that worked right now. I mean, there was two killed and then one killed at different locations. Initially, we thought the the solo, the solo person was killed first, and then the other two were killed later. But then we, we ended up having to reverse our timeline completely. So I mean, mm. you know, different things come up. You know, I guess in the case of it behind the scenes that they didn't really, you know, take into account the time, or if they found out later, or someone, you know, shut down the timeline one call wrong. You know, it could be any number of things. Mm. But well, it's going to be. I was just going to say, it's going to be interesting to see it unfold because, I mean, there's just, you know, at this point, we're, we, we're, all, we're all skeptics. I, I, I don't know that anybody's just swallowed this story 100% because, like I said, it's, you know, it's constantly changing and, and, uh, and there's, not, you know, there's not anything for us to really latch on to. Uh, we, we talked right. to a reporter just prior to this, and she said how frustrating it is because there isn't a narrative. Mm-hmm. And, that's, no, and that's what you need. I do that too. So. And, I mean, this kind of is my... From just kind of digesting everything, seeing the news and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and everything else. I mean, I'm also the opinion that if this guy had no criminal history, he had no ties to any of the groups. I mean, he's just Joe Schmo, average American. And if he can get into a hotel room with all these rifles and rain down hell from the 32nd floor and have all these people, then we need to really buckle down on on hotel security, because, I mean, you have the TSA at the airports, but in hotels, I mean, you know, there's god-awful things that happen in hotel rooms. I think this might be kind of a push to, uh, you know, you know, strengthen you know, hotel security or implement a you know, TSA of sorts inside hotels. Do you think that there's any way that that was part of the motive, Sean? I, 
that's my that's my opinion. Wow. That, okay. That was, that's an interesting perspective that I haven't heard before. That, that that's you know, actually the first day when um, I think it was probably on nine ten in the morning. I was thinking, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And then and then Hillary comes out with a whole silencers thing. I'm like, okay, well, there's the gun control, you know, standpoint. Mm-hmm. Which they, mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, the people that are or all four, sorry, gun control. It's like they look in the shadows, wait for something to happen to jump out with their event. Right. But I think this might be because it seems like every time something happens, like a 9 11 happens, you know, the people beg to have their freedom taken away. Right. And hotels, you know, they basically, you know, just tend to go on. Yeah, well, they are. I mean, you you just rent the you rent the room, and they go. Well, if you damage it, we'll charge your card. But nobody's ever checked. No. But then again, at the same time, like you're saying, right? Like, as the person who's never done anything wrong, I've never taken a bunch of assault rifles into a hotel room. So I'm going. But I don't. But don't look in my. I don't want you going through my luggage when I check into the hotel. Right? Like, so, so it's, it's kind of like this delicate balance of of yeah, that's a good idea, but not. I don't. I don't need it. Yeah, I mean, this guy could easily have been a radicalized Muslim that did this. Like, okay, well, that stands to reason because of the you know the climate we're in, with, you know, ISIS and everything else. But I mean, this guy is like the complete nondescript guy. This is a guy that you know walk down the street, you would look twice at. Right. And I said, if if he could pull this off, anybody can. Right. So I mean, I would not be surprised to see, you know, a TSA like entity coming into hotels. Wow. Well, it, it's it's going to be fascinating to see if that unfolds that way, and if and I I, I hadn't heard that before, and so if if that's something that uh, starts becoming a thing, yeah, that's interesting. So, man, Sean, thanks for calling in, man. I really appreciate it. I really, uh, it's been nice talking to you. Absolutely, not a problem. I said I love your show, and I'm glad to be here. I hope I helped out somehow. Yeah, you did. This was really informative, and it was really interesting to hear from from somebody who has seen these types of crimes who has stood in crime scenes and stood over dead bodies. And I mean, like I said, I, I, I commend you for being the person who has to do these kind of things. Cause I don't know how you do it, man, but, uh, you know, some days I don't hear, but it's, it's something that's gotta be done. You know? Yeah. Well, so, we appreciate you doing it, Sean. Thanks so much. You know what? Let's do this again sometime. Uh, we'll talk some more back and forth. I'll message you and, uh, let's talk about Absolutely. something else, maybe something more cheerful or, uh, a little less, uh, murderous next time. Yeah, cool. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much. I see you later. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Wow. That was interesting. That was a really, I mean, because that opened my eyes to to a few things that yes. I went, yeah, okay, I get that. Yes. I get that. So, all right, you guys, look, um, there's really not much more that we can say uh, at this point. Um, we're in a waiting game like any of us. Uh, if a giant update comes through, we will take time to address it on this podcast. We will do that. As far as this series of podcasts go, we're going to move on. Our next podcast will be on a different topic. Uh, we will get back to covering crimes and the paranormal and the weird and unexplained. Um, and and hopefully within, I will hope before the end of the year, we will have the footage that we're asking about. We will have the narrative explained to us. And if it keeps going on like this, then like, like he said, raise hell, ask questions, say, where is this? Keep questioning. Get angry. Yeah. Because it's because, and again, this has nothing to do with disrespecting victims. This has everything to do with understanding why they died. 
This is not a, a fault. Again, false flags do not mean fake. They mean that they were done for the for a reason that is an agenda. They were done for a reason that is not just a, a crazy man went to a room and shot people. Right. So if they're if they are holding this because there are multiple shooters and this does become a conspiracy, this does become something that multiple people were involved in, then we'll sit back and 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 we will take no pride in knowing that that we had questioned, but we will be happy to know that these people were brought to justice and that the 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 victims' families and loved ones who were left behind have the answers they need to finally get peace of mind and closure. So I don't know. This has been a horrible thing that has taken place in our country, in our world, not to mention that this is still going on. There was a huge uh, attack in, in Africa this week that, that killed a bunch of people, a bus explosion. There's, the people are getting killed in these terrorist attacks all the oh, time. Oh, by the way, before we go, I just want to say it. Melissa sent you that thing about an ad basically asking for crisis actors in Oklahoma, correct? Yes. The, the week of November 2nd the through post the— post said, and yes, I, I will actually tweet this so picture just, out. Keep your eyes peeled, the post Oklahoma. said that um, get paid $475 to assist the Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Texas National Guard in Oklahoma City as a casualty role player the week of 30th October through the 2nd of November. This comes from a company called Human Domain Solutions, LLC. So, and it has a picture on it of a woman covered in blood helping another woman covered in blood. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. If something were Look to out, happen, some t- something in Oklahoma, Louisiana, or Texas in October 30th through November 2nd, keep that in mind. So, leaving you with that, moving on from this tra- for tragedy, we will be back again, uh, re-recording beginning of next week, so you'll get another podcast fairly quickly from us. But on behalf of everybody, we want to say thank you to Brittany, thank you to Sean, thank you to Sasha for helping us set this up. On behalf of Danny and I, and everybody here at the Area 52 recording facilities, Thanks for listening, and hey, we'll see you next time. Everybody sees you, building all your walls, hoping that you are counting your blessings. On the street, hating what they see, hope is running thin, no one to believe Man, it's the sound of the intifada, oh, it's the sound of the intifada, you can see the sound of the intifada, oh, it's the sound of the intifada, everybody laughs. I felt a burning sensation. I went to go lift my pant leg up and I saw the blood. That's when I called it in on my radio that shots have been fired. And I was gonna say that I was hit, but I uh, got all over my cell phone just to clear that radio traffic for they can coordinate uh, the, the rest of the call. So, so, it, so he shot, you didn't even know, he shot through this door, right? Yeah, from behind the door. I didn't know how he was shooting. Yeah. Uh, but he shot.